Hello, Cross Timbers family, and welcome to episode 11 of the CT Conversations podcast, where we explore more what we are learning together as a church. It was so nice having a week off, but man, it feels good to be back. Can you believe it's summer already? It's been so hot outside. And of course, the day we're recording this, it's pouring rain outside. So, you know, that's Texas for you. But today's episode is a good one. We have Travis Banks, our Argyle student pastor on today, and we are talking about Toby's latest 40 message. Have you listened to it yet? It's so good, and it's all about what we do when we find ourselves surrounded and stuck in the dead ends of life. If you haven't heard it yet, I suggest you go back and listen to it because today's conversation is all about that. I loved having this conversation with Travis, and I think you're going to love listening to it. But I've already talked too much, so we're just going to hop into it. That is what happens when you take a week off. But all right, here we go. All right, so I am sitting here with Travis Banks, our Argyle student pastor. How's it going today, Travis? Going good, man. How are you? Doing awesome today. It's good to be back. We took a week off and, uh, you know, it just kind of feels good to be back, hopping into this thing. So, dude, so we had, this past service was really great on a lot of levels, but we finished our service. I just want to talk about this before we get into it. We finished this service on just like asking people to come to the front, receive prayer, have ministry done. And there was a huge response. I feel like so many people came down and um, just were prayed for and just were um, experiencing the Lord, uh, maybe maybe for the first time for some of these people, maybe yeah, um, yeah. just in a, in a new way, you know, in this moment. But I thought it was such a good time. I mean, what, did, what was that like? I was in Denton. What was that like in Argyle for you Man, guys? Man, it was, it was really, like, it was really, really cool. So we had probably 40 or so surf team um, they came down to to pray for people as well as like, you know, almost every staff member uh, that mm-hmm. could, you know, step away and, and come and, and help out at that time. And the cool thing was, is, you know, we had the issue of we didn't have enough people, you know, because so many people responded wow. uh, that there were, you know, there were lines waiting for for people to, to be prayed for and all that. And so, man, it was, it was a really, really cool moment. And, you know, people coming down to pray for, you know, uh, physical healing and people mm-hmm. coming down to, to pray for, you know, their marriages and, and all this, all this different stuff, man. So it was, it was a really, really cool moment just to see that happening, you know, and see ministry actually taking place, you know, in that moment. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. It was it's such a cool thing to just give a um, just some time, and I know that's not something we do all the time, you know, and right. for logistics and you know all that different stuff. It makes sense, but it's cool to have this time um, where it's just sort of this raw, like let people come down, receive prayer, let the Lord move the way He moves. Like, yeah, man. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. It was, yeah, so, it was really cool. Um, I just wanted, yeah, I think it's good to just mention that here at the beginning because it was just such an awesome time. But for sure. So, I, man, Toby's message this week was so good because he talked about like what do we do when we hit dead ends you know and he's like i'm finally going to get to the red sea by the end of summer and we made it you know (laughs) and so they're finally crossing the red sea and he had these great points about like you know they're surrounded on all sides you got the wilderness to one side the red sea in front of them egyptians behind them there's really nowhere for them to go so what do you do in situations where you feel surrounded and um 
he had these these great points. I mean, the first one was God is not lost, and I think that's great because uh, you know I'm lost all the time. <laughs> yeah, and um, so it, you know it's good to know that God's in control and all those things. But when when we feel lost, it creates the sense of fear right. in us. Um, and when we're afraid, we grasp on to whatever sort of makes sense. And in that, we really start to believe lies about who God is, about who we are. Yeah. I'd love to hear you talk about what are some lies that we believe that keep us from following Jesus? And why do you think we believe some of those lies too? Yeah, man, that's, I think that that's, you know, that goes for all of us, yeah. you know, really is, you know, I think I think some of the the biggest lies that that we that we face just as 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 men and women, as Christians, as believers, is is the lie that we're not good enough. Mm. Um, I think that a lot of times we think that you know we we could have done more, or we could have you know handled the situation differently, or you know whatever whatever the case may may be in yeah. in that. But um, and then I think the the other piece of that, and Toby hit on this a, a little bit at the end, is that we believe that what we're struggling with and what we're going through, we're the only ones who are struggling yeah. with and going through yeah. that. You know, um, and so we believe this lie. And what happens is, is we, we start to see that and we start to, you know, we start to believe that, that we're the only people going through it. And so therefore we don't, you know, we don't reach out for help and we don't ask, you know, people for prayer and we don't do all these things. We just kind of retreat and we begin to, to build these walls up and go, man, I'm just, I'm messed up and I'm broken and I'm not good enough. And I, I haven't done enough. And, mm. and, and it, and it begins to create this, you know, this disconnect between us and God, you know, yeah. that, that we, that we do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, man, that's... Yeah, no, I completely agree. I just, yeah, I love what you said. Like, if we always feel like we're not good enough or we have to do more or if we just did this one thing, it seems like the lie if when we're surrounded is that somehow we have to get ourselves out right. of it, you yes. know? And if we just do X, Y, and Z, and if I'm still stuck in this, then I didn't do those things good enough or right. well enough or... Um, the way that other person did. It seems like there's like a comparison trap in that too sometimes because, um, you know, like you said, we feel alone in it and we look at someone else's circumstance and we go, well, they're not in this. Yeah, Yeah, they got out of it. Well, yeah, they got out of it or like they're not where I'm at, you know, but um, yeah, feeling alone or feeling like we're not good enough. I feel like that creates like a whole bunch of comparison in our lives too, which only pushes us deeper into that pit of lies. You know, and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into this, but, um, I think that, that a big thing within that is just, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about here in a minute, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, this whole idea of being still, but, but we're, we're, we're so surrounded with busyness, um, in our life. And, and you're right. We start to compare our lives to those things that we see on Twitter and Instagram yeah. and, you know, all the celebrities and what they're doing and going, man, like, you know, not even celebrities, but my next door neighbor, like look at totally. all the life that they're living and what they're doing. And man, how, how come that's not me? Why is that not my life? You know, did mm-hmm. I do something wrong? And we start to get in our own minds there because of that comparison, Yeah, you know? Yeah, Toby had this quote that he said, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. It says, or he said, the battle for your heart is not what you're surrounded by. The battle for your heart is what you're believing about God and yourself when you find yourself surrounded. Yeah. I think that's so true. Like we believe lies about ourselves. Obviously, like we're not good enough or we're comparing ourselves to other people or we're alone in what we're going through. But I think sometimes it reveals we're believing lies about God too. Like mm. maybe God can't. Yeah. Um, deliver us from the, what we're surrounded by, can't get us through the Red Sea, can't deliver us from the Egyptians. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like it just reveals that what we're believing about God may not be true either. Yeah. You know? For sure. Like, like we can't, you know, we can't rely on him because, you know, 
for some reason, we we think, you know, even though he's done so many awesome things in, in the past, like for some reason, this specific circumstance, uh, yeah. he's not going to be able to... He's not going to be able to do it. He's not going to be able to get us out of this moment. And, you know, you feel like the, you know, the Israelites in that moment where they've got the sea and the wilderness and the Egyptians behind them and they're, they're literally surrounded and, and they, they forget about, you know, all the good and awesome things that God has done in the past just to get them to where they're at. They literally just got out of Egypt. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, But then they immediately go, oh man, well, this, this is the one Mm -hmm. that's too big for God, you know, and we're not going to be able to, to get through this at all, you know, and I think that we, we hit those dead ends in our life too, you know, and, and, you know, whether it's, you know, your marriage or it's, you know, financial stress or whatever it is where, you know, we forget that God's always been there for us in the past. And and we, we begin to, to make up these lies in our head that God, God doesn't have our back and that God's not going to, you know, help us out in in those moments. Right. Well, and it reminds me too of kind of what Toby was talking about, you know, like the specific thing that the Israelites were complaining about and right in front of the Red Sea was like, did you bring us out here to die? Would, yeah. Wouldn't we be better off back in Egypt? It's mm. like, no, you wouldn't. You were enslaved. Like right. you were being treated horribly in Egypt and now you're out of it and you even, you've plundered the Egyptians like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I forget the exact thing that Toby said, but it, it was a few weeks back in the 40 series and it was something along the lines of, when you're afraid, you run back to the only thing that you know. And so they're in a better place than where they're at, but they're scared all over again. They're mm-hmm. surrounded and they're just running back to what's comfortable to them, right. which ironically is a horrible life circumstance. Right. But I do think that's pretty crazy how we go back to something that's honestly worse um, because we forget that God actually delivered us from that into something better. Mm-hmm. But there's like this weird transition wilderness time of just getting right. to the promised land. Well, we we think that, you know, when God delivers us from something that it's gonna be this this easy, smooth process. You yeah. know, that if God's in something that automatically that means that we're gonna go from from this terrible life to perfection overnight. And mm-hmm. you know, that's not that's not always the case. Why do you, you think know? we believe that? Like, I mean, why do you think that we think it has to be such a smooth, perfect process? Man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, we all we all do it, you yeah. know. Oh, totally. Um, and we I do. think I think that that a lot of the reason why is because whether or not our circumstances are terrible or great or whatever God is is delivering us from, mm-hmm. um, we get comfortable, yeah. you know. And so whenever we we kind of go outside of our comfort zone and God's saying, Hey, I've got something better for you. Just wait, you know, just mm-hmm. wait for me and, and, and be still and, and, and I'll get you there. Um, that's uncomfortable and we don't like to be uncomfortable, yeah. you know? And so we want to go back to, you know, what that comfortable thing was, even if it was straight up slavery, you right. know? Um, I think we do that a lot in, in every circumstance in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like our culture, we just value so much like easy and convenience, mm-hmm. you know, and instant results. Yeah. And I guess because God is so big and God is so powerful and he's so good, like all those things are true about him. We jump to the assumption that, well, therefore everything involving him will be easy. Right. You know, and yeah. like, I, I feel like that's, um, it's just such an easy assumption to make, but you look at honestly any person who's, following God. But you look at the Bible and you look at the stories of the Israelites too. And that's just not the way that God patterns our lives. I no. mean, even Jesus, he's baptized and then immediately goes out into the wilderness for 40 days, right. you know, before he starts his ministry. Right. There's always this, this transition period. I feel mm-hmm. like that feels kind of rough and tumble, but yeah. that's actually part of God 
Absolutely. Making us ready for what he has for us. Which honestly brings me to my next question. When we, I love the language that we use here at Cross Timbers. I mean, talking about we find freedom when we follow Jesus. And so we're looking for freedom from these lies that we're believing. And that comes from following Jesus. Yeah. But how does that happen? How does following Jesus free us from the lies that we believe? Well, it, it, it sounds, you know, just like the opposite of what we were just talking about. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's understanding and believing, um, that not that we're good enough, you know, mm. but that we, that, that to follow Jesus and to, to find that freedom in Jesus, like we didn't do anything to deserve that. Right. Right. So like nothing that we did in the first place, like qualified us to, mm. to, to be with Jesus. And so when we, when we get the, the mindset that it's all about grace that, that Jesus has given us and, and that it's okay, you know, to, to not be okay. It's okay to struggle with things. It's okay to be broken. It's, it's, it's seeing that, you know, I'm not alone in this fight. I'm not the mm-hmm. only one who is struggling with, with this specific scenario and, and, and walking in that life and going, okay, instead of me trying to, to do this all on my own and, and I feel surrounded right now. And so therefore what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to grasp at every single thing and I'm going to try to, yeah. to pull myself out of this hole. Instead of doing that, we just go, you know what? No, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time. I'm going to lean into that. I'm going to give it to Jesus because at the end of the day, like he's got grace for us and he's got love for us that, that far exceeds our understanding, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so if we would just lean into that, we would, we would find that freedom uh, that, that Jesus offers. And, and again, like it's not an overnight, easy, simple thing, yeah. but we begin to, to walk in that direction and we begin to see that grace and then we begin to feel that peace in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you were talking about um, is so crucial because we do, we do think, and I, you know, you see the Israelites doing this, like you see, God delivered them from Egypt. I mean, God did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ten plagues. It wasn't Moses. You know, he went and talked to Pharaoh, but it was God that did it. Right. You know, um, and then they get out there and it's like, okay, so now what do we do? Um, whereas God is providing, I guess this probably happens on the other. No, it happened now. But like God provides like a cloud by day and a pillar by night where all they have to do is follow, follow the cloud right. or follow the, the fire, you know. But now they're like, man, now we're out here. What are we going to do now? Yeah. It's like he told you just follow the cloud. Like he's going to provide for you. And I think that's true with us too, where, you know, okay. So God, like Jesus saves us and we are, we are like before God, like he loves us. We know he, he loves us and we love him and all that great stuff, you know, but that's like, well, now what do we do? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, well, follow Jesus. Like Jesus still has grace for you in those moments. And Jesus still, um, the same grace that saved you is the same grace that's going to get you through all these hard right. circumstances. And well, and so. it's the you know it's the challenge for some reason of you know it's it's what we talked about. You know it it's it is so simple. Yeah. You know, uh, Toby brought this up a couple of weeks ago talking about just uh, using the the Waze app on your phone. You know, all you yeah. have to do is plug in an address and and follow it, mm-hmm. but in our minds, we go, well, I know better. You know, I, I don't, I know that that's not the fastest way. I know that that's not the best way. Yeah. And what happens is we begin to, to, to kind of push that to the side and do what we believe is the best mm-hmm. instead of just following what we're being told to do. And, you know, then we run into a wall of traffic and we're sitting in traffic forever and we're late to work, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, that same thing happens in our relationship 
you know, with God, literally all he asks is for, for us to follow him hmm. and for us to, to, to go where he's leading us to go and to, to do the things that he's asking us to do. But so often we, we say, uh, you know, I, I got this one, you know, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to follow you here. Like I, I know what to do in this, in this specific scenario. And, and then we find ourselves in this, in this place where, you know, we're, we're surrounded and that's when we go, Oh, you know, I, I should have followed Jesus, you know? And like yeah. that, so it is, it's, it's so simple that we just, you know, follow the cloud. We just, we just follow Jesus. And, and in that we find that freedom. Yeah. And I do think we, we, um, sometimes we just think that we do know better than Jesus in yeah. circumstances. Which and is that, ridiculous. And it is, but I, I get it, you know, because Jesus isn't, um, someone that you just see standing in front of you every day right. talking to you. But like Jesus himself said, like we have his spirit inside of us and we have like the word in order to see what Jesus said and what he did. Yeah. And um, I, I love what, I love what, I mean, I'm just thinking of like first Corinthians right now where it says like the um, God's wisdom is not the world's wisdom. Yeah, You know, like God's wisdom looks like foolishness to the world. And so, so much we lean on our own understanding and we, and we go after kind of the world's wisdom or our own ideas of what it should be. But honestly, God has our best in mind for him. He's working yeah. all things for our good. But a lot of times that looks like opening up our hands and just saying, okay, God, what is this? Now I'm actually not going to try to control this situation. I'm right. not going to try to swim through the Red Sea. I'm going to sit here and, you know, wait for you to part it. And yeah. I think that's really um, a crucial difference. Yeah. Absolutely. And so how, when we talk about, uh, man, this, uh, when we think about relationships that matter, mm -hmm. how, is that key for us remembering that God isn't lost and the lies aren't true? I feel like we need other people to help us do that. Why, what is it about relationships that matter that help us remember all these things? Man, I think that the key to that, you know, we talk about spiritual family and relationships that matter all the mm -hmm. time, you know? Yeah. And I think that the, that the important thing with relationships that matter is having someone who's walking through this life with you, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's someone that is, you know, that's really, really close, that knows the ins and outs, that knows what's going on in your life. And they have the ability to, to call you um, and say, hey man, like, how you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and just, just kind of talk through life together and vice versa. You know, you're having a rough day. You might call them just to, just to lay it all out there and they might not have the answer. They might not know exactly, you know, what to say or what to do in that scenario, but it's someone that, that will listen to you. And, you know, I think that, you know, obviously relationships that matter, matter, you know, yeah. they're, they're important. Uh, but I think that, that the, the big reason behind that is just because man, this, like we talked about earlier, you know, this, this Christian life is hard, it's hard. you know, walking yeah. through this life and trying to do everything on our own power. And, you know, when, when the storms kind of start to close in and we start to, to feel surrounded, mm -hmm. if you don't have anyone to lean on, then, then it's very easy for you to get lost in your own mind. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for you to start building up those walls. And it's really, really easy for you to start to go, well, I'm the only one who's struggling. I'm the only one who's going through this. I don't have anyone in my corner. I don't have anyone that's got my back, but you begin to develop those relationships that matter. And all of a sudden you realize that you're not alone and mm -hmm. that you, you do have other people that, that are walking through this thing with you and you can, you can lean on them and they can, they can lean on you and in the other way. So. Yeah. It reminds me of that picture that Toby painted for us a couple of weeks ago. Um, not literally painted, but right. you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd like to when, see that. Yeah. I would love to see that. Hey, Toby, if you're listening to this, you should paint on stage sometime. <laughs> That'd be great. But, um, you know, of when he was talking about, he was talking about how we're all leaders, you know, but mm -hmm. that picture of there's, I forget how many, two and a half million 
Israelites lined up in front of the Red Sea, you know. Right. And if you said, who's the leader, they'd point to Aaron or Moses, but really look behind you. There's all those people, sure. you know. And I do think that's an important picture to remember, obviously in the sense that you're leading someone, but also like you are surrounded. There's people in front of you, there's people behind you, there's people beside yeah. you. I imagine when the Red Sea was parting and they're walking through it and, you know, this is in the Bible, but you can imagine like, this is a terrifying event. Like they're probably holding hands. They're probably walking through. They're probably pulling people, you know, along with them. And I feel like that's gotta be a picture for our relationships too, because like you said, we're not alone in the things that we go through. We're all walking through, we're all running from some form of Egyptians. We're all going through a sea of some kind. We're all surrounded by something and we have to be looking ahead of us and saying, who's going before us and who's already been through this looking behind us. Who can I help beside us? Whose hand can I grab as right. we kind of barely make it through this right. together? Man, I, <laughs> you know, I, I love that picture. Yeah. Of, you know, someone in front of you. You know, I can just imagine. You know, Aaron reaching back and grabbing the first person and yeah. saying, "Let's go, let's go, let's hey, go." Hey, there's a rock right there. And, Watch out. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, just this chain of just you know people. You know, young and old, men and women. You know, just just pulling each other through mm-hmm. this this situation that I can't, I can't. I mean, in that specific scenario, I can't even imagine the fear and the you know, the terror that's going on is you got, you know, walls of water on both sides of you. You got an army behind you. Mm-hmm. You got, I mean, just all of this craziness. And and yeah, the only way they make it through is to lean on each other. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love that image too, because it just takes, I don't, it's so easy to feel like you're alone and you have your head down and you're looking at your feet as, you know, you're going through this thing. But the moment you lift your head up and you look around you, you realize everyone's around you. I forget who is the quote, but it's cliche, but it's true. Just everyone's fighting their own battle, Mm -hmm. you know? And and so it's just remembering that, man, I really don't know any any other way to put it, to be honest with you, but it's the simple truth of we are all in this. I think it's remembering everyone's humanity in a a way. Absolutely. Just going like we are all... um, just struggling in our own ways and in need of God's grace. Yeah. And if we um, have grace for others, one, I think that helps us have grace for ourselves too. Yeah. Um, and and we're, if we, I think that's the body of Christ. I don't know. Like we're supposed to look out for each other. It's just what we do. It's what we do yeah. is we look out for each other. And, man, and that's why, you know, we talked about this at the the very beginning, you know, the, the prayer time that we had at the end of service yeah, yesterday. I mean, yeah. that's, I think that that is such a, powerful picture of what we're talking about. You know, Mm -hmm. we got people up front that are saying, Hey, you know, we're not saying we're perfect. You know, we're just saying that we want to walk through this with you. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to, we want to pray for you and we want to help you. And just the, the masses of, of people that come forward in those moments and, and, and they can look around and go, okay, I'm not, I'm not in this alone, you know, and, and there are other people that, that are walking through this together, you know, with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, let's do this thing, you know, and it really like, in those moments, I mean, I don't know about you, but like for me, like it, it motivates me, oh, yeah. you know, to just to see those things happen and go, okay, we really can do this. Mm-hmm. Like we really can walk through this life and, and understand that none of us are perfect, you know, mm-hmm. but we're all pursuing the same goal. We're all walking in the same direction. And so, so let's go. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to just point out like I, as amazing as a ministry time like that is and um, seeing people come down, it's important to not let that 
just be done occasionally right. by professional Christians, but that serves as a model that all of us can do. Like all we don't have to wait right. for a moment like that to go pray for someone or to ask for prayer. Yeah. But like that's a that's a one time event that actually models how we should live our lives. Absolutely. So saying like, hey, if I see someone in need, I'm gonna pray for them. I'm gonna be there for them. If I'm in need, I'm gonna go to someone that I care and trust about yeah. or trust and, and just say, hey, this is what I'm going through. Can you can you pray for me? And I think that. At first that feels awkward, but you do that over time and that's how you form those relationships that matter. It takes intentionality and investment and time, but yeah. it pays off. Right, for sure. So getting to kind of a something to do part, what right. do we do with all this? I think it's funny because at the very <laughs> end, like the the something to do, the application was basically be still and wait on the Lord. Yeah. And on one <laughs> hand you're like, that's it, but that's so hard to do. Like that's almost impossible to do. It feels like, why? Why is it so hard for us to just be still and let the Lord fight for us? And how can we learn to do that better? Man, I think it's hard for us because I just look at the look at the culture that we live in. You know, mm-hmm. look at the world that we're in. When was the last time you got in your car and didn't immediately turn on the radio? You know, uh, I mean, forever ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was uh-huh. thinking about that this morning. You know, as mm-hmm. I'm, you know, reading through and, and and listening to the sermon yesterday, talking about being still and all that. Yeah. And I get in the car and first thing I do is, you know, turn on the radio, you mm-hmm. know, and start listening to the radio. And it even hit me in that moment, like, you know, I should take this time to, to really just be still, but but I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. because I think we're scared of silence. You know, I think oh, yeah. that I think that we are, like, honestly, you know, and like as a student pastor, like I see this, <laughs> I see this happen every single oh, day, imagine. you know, with sixth graders through 12th graders, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're so busy, you know, in the world, like with, with school and with homework and extracurricular activities. And then you get older and you got a job and you have a marriage and you have babies and mm-hmm. then, you know, all of these things. And you think, you know, when I do this, like my life will slow down. But the reality is like, we have all tapped ourselves out so much, like to the max that mm-hmm. we don't ever have time to just be still, you know? And then on top of that, you know, we go back to, to talking about social media and the influence that it has on our life mm-hmm. and, you know, looking at at celebrities and looking at our friends and looking at all these things and seeing what they're doing. And then all of a sudden we're trying to keep up with them. And so on top of the already it's busy like schedule cycle. that we have, we're trying to do more, you know? Yeah. And, and so we, we live in a culture of extreme busyness mm-hmm. um, where the idea of being still and being silent and, 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 you know, like that's viewed as lazy, you know, Mm -hmm. that's viewed as, as not something that you should do. Right. Why do you think it's viewed as lazy? Like why, like, I, I, obviously it is, I completely agree with you, but it is like, if you're, if you're not doing something, you know, if you're not in perpetual motion, you are immediately viewed as lazy. And obviously there's a form of it that's lazy. Sure. But, well, I think yeah. that I think that again in our culture, I think that rest mm. is is viewed as something different than it is. Um, Explain and that. Yeah. So, so I think that that when you know we talk about laziness, like mm-hmm. what do you think of? You think of someone who you know instead of getting up and going to work, you know, or, or getting up and doing chores around the house or whatever, they sit on the couch and you know they just they they just veg, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so because that's the picture that we have of, of laziness, like when someone's like, hey, look, I just need to, I just need to rest. I just need to, to be still for a moment. Like that's the image that we get in our head of like you're neglecting to do the tasks that you're supposed to be doing yeah. in order that you can just kind of sit around and do nothing. But really that's that's not what that's not what rest is. That's not mm-hmm. what it looks like. It's 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 actually, you know, very worshipful and leaning into that time of of having that Sabbath and really like like leaning into the no, I'm gonna spend this time with with God and I'm just gonna be silent and I'm just gonna be still and I'm just gonna let him speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important. You know, it's so important for for our lives to do that. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's why it's it's hard for us because I think culturally I think that it's it's viewed as something that it's not. Mm-hmm. I feel like we we feel the, at a minimum, we we either think we do or we feel the expectation to have just an infinite supply of strength and energy, you know, and that we have to be this all powerful, fix it ourselves, do it ourselves kind of person. Mm -hmm. You know, we all feel, if we don't actually think that of ourselves, we at least feel the pressure to be that way. Yeah. And the truth is we're not. One of my favorite author, authors, he has like this whole chapter that he wrote where it's, it's called, you're not a machine, you know? Like you're a human. <laughs> yeah. You don't have this endless supply of all of these things. Right. Um, the only person that has that is God, you right. know? Right. Uh, and we don't, we don't ever defer to him and say, look, I don't have strength. You have strength. You have to do this. I can't, you know? And, and we just keep we just run on the hamster wheel of do it ourselves mm-hmm. and make it happen. And if I do, it'll be faster and better and more efficient. Mm-hmm. And that's never true. Like we kind of like our cars need to stop and refuel and, yeah, yeah. and um, like just refill ourselves back up so we can go back out into the world and do good work. Right. Um, where, or, or, you know what I mean? Like I, I, we just try to pry open doors ourselves where sure. that's something that is, that's God's, doing not ours. Well, to, you know, go back to the beginning of what we were talking about, um, you know, is we think that we're the only ones who struggle with something and we can't tell anyone and we have to do it ourselves because if we, you know, rely on somebody else or we rely on God, then that's not going to get done or, or, you know, whatever, like that's, that's the mindset. I think that in the same way, when we say like, listen, I'm, I'm wiped out and I need to rest and I need to refuel, like, I think we sometimes feel like that's a sign of weakness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we say, you know, we, we can't admit that because when we admit that we're admitting that you know, that we have fault, yeah. you know, we're admitting that we, we aren't, we aren't perfect. And we, we feel for some reason that that's not okay. You know, that we can't admit imperfection mm-hmm. in our life. We can't admit that we, that we need some time. We need some time to rest and refuel, just like, you know, you just said. Um, so. Yeah. I think that's huge. And just, it's remembering, I love what you said. Like we don't feel able to admit that we're imperfect but there's so much, talk about finding freedom. There's so much freedom found in just going, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. Yeah. I'm not gonna try to be perfect. You know what I mean? Right. But it's, man, going back to that verse, it's like God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you really want to see God move? First step is kind of admitting your weakness, yeah. you know, and saying you can't, you can't move for him. Right. You have to wait for him to move. Well, and you you brought up, you know, Jesus got baptized and then he immediately went into the wilderness. Yeah. And, you know, he spent, you know, a lot of time in prayer and fasting in, in that moment and, you know, a lot of time being still and just being there with God. And, you know, that was before, you know, he stepped in and started doing, you know, amazing ministry here on mm-hmm. earth. And um, I think it's interesting that, you know, Jesus models the fact that, you know, sometimes we do need to, retreat and be still, you know, Jesus being perfect, you know, um, he still needed to do that, you know? And so, so why does that, why do we think that we don't, 
You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's, if Jesus did it, what? Why would we not do that? Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think that that it's just that that learning how to be still, learning how to 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 kind of retreat for a moment and say, listen, I'm not perfect and I need help and I need to refuel and I need this time to really just to rest in the presence of God. And it's in those moments that you hear God speak. And I think that the kind of full circle, you know, whenever you're in those moments, you hear God speak, you you can see clearly where Jesus is leading you to go. And, you know, it might not always be the easiest path. It might not always be the, the easiest direction. Um, but when you can clearly see where Jesus is leading you, then we have a better chance of, of following where he's leading us in the times whenever things get, do get tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever things are, are weighing down and we do feel like we're surrounded and we don't know where to look and we don't know what to do. Like in those moments, instead of retreating and building up walls and, and trying to do everything on our own, like it's in those moments that we can, you know, now reach out to those relationships that matter to help pull us through the challenging situations that we're walking through in our lives. And we can lean on God and follow God into what we know we're supposed to be doing instead of retreating and going back to our comfortable life. And it all starts with that rest. It all starts with that moment where we sit there and we say, okay, God, what do you have for me? I love that. And I think that's a perfect place to end. Well, Travis, Thanks for coming on. Hey, man, this was a lot of fun, man. It was fun. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. And there you have it. Wasn't that great? Learning to be still and trust God is one of those things that sounds so simple when you say it, but it's actually so difficult. And it's something we're always having to press into more and more as we follow Jesus. So I've got a couple things I need to tell you about today. It's summertime, which means that we have a bunch of great stuff coming up for families. If you have a kid who's between three years old and fifth grade, we have our Amped Kids Week coming up on June 25th through 28th. And it is such a great way for your kids to have fun and learn about Jesus and connect with other kids and leaders. It's a blast. And registration is still open for kids and for leaders. So if you're interested in your kids going or even in being a leader, uh, registration is available on the website. And the same is true for summer camp. If you have a student, then summer camp is just right around the corner. Uh, It is June 19th through 22nd at Camp Copus, and it's honestly the best week of a student's summer. So if you want your uh, student, your junior high or high schooler um, to go to this or to be a leader yourself, then uh, you can register on our website. And I will link to both of those in the show description so you can register easier. Last thing, if this podcast was meaningful or helpful to you, would you mind sharing it? This podcast is by Cross Timbers and for Cross Timbers. And we really rely on you to get the word out. So if you could help us out just by sharing it on social media or with friends and family, that would be greatly appreciated. So that's all for this week. It feels so good to be back. I'm glad we're back. And uh, well, thanks for listening. And I will see you next week.